Hello, welcome to This Week in Japan. I'm the Gaijin John. I'm the Geek Tom. When we talk about the local news and a platform that we abuse uh, to make stupid jokes about Japan. Yay! It's what you're here for. I think I've rhymed news with abuse before, but my rhyming dictionary is coming to an end. <laughs> we did not foresee this this bit going on for so long. We did not plan ahead. <laughs> I was not prepared. I was not informed. I think we peaked when we started rhyming it with kangaroos, quite frankly. I think <laughs> that was already the shark that we had jumped over. Well, what we will not be rhyming with it today is what's on this week's podcast. And that includes a cat who's the king of the castle, puppy frog related crimes, dirty rascals, showering, but crimes, mm. pizza bread and mochi TikTok trends, uh, and j- just more Olympic rubbish. Well, like Japan, but Olympic rubbish. Yay! <laughs> We'll talk about new things this time, we promise. Kind of. Never say we are not We are inconsistent. We are consistently inconsistent. And so, let us consistently go to the first section, which is Cute Corner! And this week, Thomas, Ooh. it's all about a cat named Sanjiro. Sanjiro, you say? I like him already. He seems like a cool dude. Yeah, so this is in Matsuyama Castle in Okayama, which is a castle in the middle of Japan. And one day, they found a cat. This cat had apparently run away from from their owner, and it was found by one of the workers at the castle. And so they decided, you know what? We don't have a mascot. We don't have a lord. What can we do? Let's give the cat the castle. As you do. It's the obvious choice. Japan does have a well-known history of giving cats unusual jobs. (laughs) This includes the cat who is a train station, uh, who is a train station conductor, and of course the general cat cafes. Essentially, uh, around 2018, almost no one was coming to this castle. There were heavy rains in Western Japan, and no one, no one wanted to come. But around that time, a stray cat moved in, and as if you've listened to the podcast, stray cats are a big thing in Japan. Uh, they nickname him Sanjiro, and he's friendly. And of course, now he's a big hit on social media, also because he gets little clothes, because they've just made him. And appointed him as the Lord of Bichu Matsuyama Castle. So bow down to your lord. Does he wear a little crown and everything? He doesn't have a crown. He does have a robe. <gasps> that might actually be better. That might actually be better. That's fantastic. He has like a special like collar bell which has his name and explains what he looks like. And he has a a herald that walks in front of him with a banner declaring his presence everywhere he goes. No, but he does have, like, two times a day at 10am and 2pm where he, like, has a scheduled walk around the castle. (laughs) (laughs) Reginald, it is time to greet the peasantry. Indeed. And let them bask in my radiance. That is a glorious cat. He has multiple outfits, actually, and they seem to, like, take him round... 
on a little lead and stuff. And he seems generally <laughs> a very happy cat. I mean, he's finally been recognised for his regal nature. He's the only cat in Japan who's actually being treated the way he deserves. <laughs> exactly. As, as a king. So, In celebration last week, the reason he's in the news, other than there's a cat that owns a castle... Uh, <laughs> that's news of any time. You can tell me about that every week and be like, yes, this is what I want to hear about. Uh, but the 22nd of February was Cat Day in Japan. Of course, of course there's a Cat Day in Japan. How did we miss this last year? <laughs> in Japan, cats don't go meow, they go nyan, which you might know from nyan cat. You know, like nyan. Nyan. In Japanese, the 22nd of February is Nigatsu Niju Ni Nichi. Nigatsu Niju Nichi. Nigatsu Niju Ni Sounds better with a Japanese person saying it. <laughs> this is what I can do Japanese tongue twisters. Namagumi Namagome Namatamago. So basically, the Japanese have a day of the year that sounds like a bunch of nyans strung together, and they're like, you know what? This is the day for cats. Yep, and so now Matsuyama Castle are selling a stamp, which includes. <clears throat> A cat's paw print and a picture of Sanjiro just showing off his belly. Oh, yes. You can buy a sheet of these stamps uh, for 300 yen each. And you can buy them from February the 22nd, so they should be available now. <gasps> is that what you're getting me for my birthday, John? No, it's not. It, your, your birthday present is currently sitting in my hall, waiting for me to take <laughs> it to the post office. Well, it's not a picture of a cat's belly. I'm, I'm going to have to send it back, John. <laughs> oh, dear. Finally, a representative of the association said, We would like people to develop an interest in the castle and also the city of Takahashi, and for them, the stamps, to be part of the enjoyment when touring around in Okayama Prefecture. And the thing is, I'm actually quite close to Okayama Prefecture, so who knows? If, like, Corona is within acceptable levels of sh can't be helped, I might just have to go and visit <laughs> the cat. We all know how much you like castles, John. And to be fair, I don't know why anyone will need to develop an interest in castles. They're castles. They're inherently interesting. But the fact that there's a cat involved as well just makes makes it all the sweeter. It's the cherry on top of the of the castle pie. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor anymore. I've kind of lost track. Anyway, there's a cat with a castle. A, a castle, if you will. This is less than a two-hour drive from me. That's uh, basically next door. Yeah, I've... I've. Uh, that's the end of today's podcast. I will see you in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go see a cat about a castle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, prepare for a further report from... John, <laughs> John on the run in Okayama. This is already the best link I've ever sent, John. Uh, but more links to do with animals, and this is part of Crime Corner, because dun, dun. do you know who's been committing dirty, dirty crimes, Thomas? Um, not the cat. The cat is actually has got um legal immunity on account of being royal, so. Technically, anything it does is legal. When the cat does it, it's not illegal. Cats can't do anything wrong. It's the law. 
This is actually frogs. Frogs? I thought they were wonderful little creatures. You've already gone out to bat for frogs once, John. Don't tell me they've been committing crimes and taking well, advantage of our good nature. Well, the thing with with frogs, or in Japanese, kaeru, uh, they also, just for a fun fact, instead of going ribbit, they go gedo, gedo, gedo. Uh, but a frog itself in Japan, let's just say that some of them make some very unfortunate noises. Especially during oh breeding season. Oh. Oh, um, no. So, a lady uh, was unable to see anything. Uh, she was walking around by a temple's worship hall. Uh, there was water. Uh, there was water and rain dripping. And she couldn't see anything. But she could hear the sound like a grrr, or a yip-yip, and a woof. And fearing that there was a dog that was trapped... She placed a call to Japan's emergency number, 110, which calls the police. Because she was concerned that there was a dog that was trapped. Um, and then two officers rushed to the scene and they searched around, but they were unable to find a dog too. However, they all th dashed out from underneath the top. <laughs> they were there already. They were, they were prepared. Yeah, that, that's, how they, that's how they deploy the, <laughs> the police in Japan. Is they're all under tarps on every street corner. That's why that post box wouldn't take your mail, Thomas. It was a policeman <laughs> in disguise. <laughs> anyway, you were saying? All three of these people could hear a dog barking somewhere close. Uh, but then a local in his 50s passed by and told them, that's ah, probably those barking frogs. Okay. <laughs> So the sound they heard, likely, Thomas, was this. That does sound like a mix between a, a sort of small dog and uh, a, a pig, just a, a, a very casual pig just hanging out. Which, of course, might be a small dog snuffling or stuck, etc. So it is it is kind of understandable that these people were concerned and therefore called the police. Um, <laughs> uh, apparently, this is a creature called the, ta called the Tago frog, also known as Tago's brown frog. Um, it, it only lives in Japan and inhabits mountainous areas, and they're, they're really small. But when their mating season comes in February and April... Uh, the males kind of bark, they make this sound, and they growl, which, as we said, it kind of sounds like a dog, kind of. And this apparently attracts females, each to their own. Like a wolf whistle, but if it works. Yeah. Well, we have to assume that it does work, because the frogs still exist. <laughs> and now, Thomas, it's time for a section of... Frogs or dogs? We're not actually doing that section. I couldn't be bothered to like find all the frog sounds. Oh, I've got, I've got, I've got one file here. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey frog. <laughs> it's just a really nasty way of just going. Is this person French? <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. Frog or dog is a common British playground activity. <laughs> it's a cross between British bulldog <laughs> and our general hatred for the French. Yeah. It's, it's, a, some, it's a somehow, it's a post EU British bulldogs. <laughs> A large amount of our listenership will not understand what we're laughing at, but there'll be like one book going. That. I that. think if anyone's listened to this podcast for any amount of time, they'll understand our animosity towards the French. And and if, if they don't, they'll pick up on it pretty quickly. And ourselves. <laughs> Mostly ourselves. And so, well, the thing is, this is a rather, like... The frogs didn't even know they were committing a crime. How is this a crime? No, you're just taking up the police's non-existent time in Japan. Uh, well, n- well, fine. Uh, it's time for proper... Do you want proper Japan crime? Like proper white-collar, boring Japanese businessman crime? Well, you asked for it because this is a Japanese mayor who built a $34,000 shower in his office. Just in his office. Well, in the washroom next to his office. In the washroom next to his office. <laughs> Makes a little more sense. But still, that's a lot of money. Yeah, so, uh, uh, this is in uh, Ichikawa, Chiba. And the mayor, of this, uh, the mayor of this city is under scrutiny from a city assembly member over his installation of a shower unit that cost around 3.6 million yen, which is about $34,000. Um... This is more than I get paid in a year, <laughs> and more than a lot of people get paid in a year. <laughs> yeah, that must be a really, really powerful shower. That's probably the one with all the all the different nozzles all over the all. I'll over show the wall. you a picture. It looks rubbish. <laughs> like th- he's been taken for a ride. I'm not sure whether that's a bonus <laughs> or not. <laughs> Uh, it's obviously not finished in this picture, but like still, it's it's not looking great. What from what little I see, it looks like a pretty regular shower. Let me see if I can find a better picture of it on the article. Okay, no, I I have a slightly I've slightly better picture. It's not much more impressive. It it's, looks pretty unimpressive to start with. Yep, that's that's just a shower. That's just a regular shower. How did that cost that much money? Like it's not even like it's not like a shower room or like a it's just a corner of like someone's place to a shower in there. It's not like a shower bath or anything exciting. It's literally just a shower. But when he says it costs that much amount of money, are we sure all that money actually went into the shower and not just disappeared into someone's bank account or down the plug hole as it were (laughs) well the shower itself was installed last year in october 2020 and a regular meeting and and this was i think talked about at the time i think we might have mentioned it uh but then this was taken up at the regular meeting of the ichikawa municipal assembly uh last week and he was basically the mayor was asked uh, why did you spend all this money on a shower? This this could, like, fund an office worker for an entire year. Like, more than that. And the mayor, Hirotami Murakoshi, explained that the shower would be used during disasters. 
when he'd have to spend long periods at work. Uh, to which he said, I'm sure we can obtain the understanding of many of the city's residents. Like, do you like it when your mayor stinks? No? Give me money for a shower. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's, a, that's an interesting uh, angle of approach for that logic. Uh, but even if, let's say, for, for the sake of argument, he's not completely talking out of his ass. Let's say that there's a legitimate reason to have a shower in next to your office in case of emergency. Why would it cost that much money? Why would you not just get a, a cheap, basic, simple shower? <laughs> if you're only going to use it in emergencies anyway? So, okay, so this is the setup here. That from the initial plans, this was a new government building that they were building, and it was envisaged, mm. and it was envisaged with facilities for staff to stay overnight and perform their duties during disasters. And mm -hmm. th three showers were set up on the fifth floor. But mm -hmm. after the building's completion, it was reportedly decided that from a crisis management point of view, another shower would be necessary for the mayor's office. So he, he couldn't possibly use one of the other showers that were already available to him. He had to have his own private shower. Yeah, this is also the thing that... Uh, it was apparently installed with funds left over from the building that were unused. But also, it was installed after the tour of the building that was given to the city assembly and the media and others. Uh, hmm. Also, slightly more fun, uh, apparently it is intended for... Any public employee will be able to use it. However, the washroom that the shower is in can only be accessed via the mayor's office. <laughs> Oi, sir, I just can't just use the shower real quick. Yeah, sure, just go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Three, three, the three in the floor above are busy, and you know, I, I've already, I've already, I've already shampooed my hair. <laughs> I'm all in my towels here. I can't just be waiting for a shower to come available. You realise I'm on a Zoom call right now. I'm not asking <laughs> to talk on the Zoom call, sir. I just want to go have a shower. <laughs> uh, it's utter, utter nonsense. Utter, ridiculous, just... Yeah. Everything about this story is just... Obvious, obvious lies and fabrication. Yeah, it it really is. God it just, it, just this is the bore. This is the boring level of crime in Japan. Elected officials just taking money for showers. Like seriously, there wasn't like the building has showers. It's just for a private like shower. And also, there's already a washroom there. It already has, like, I assume a toilet and a sink. Like, if it's an emergency, I'm thinking, like, just a towel and soapy water, my friend. You've got more things to worry about. <laughs> no, I can, I can only think properly when the water is heated to exactly 39 degrees. What rubbish.
But let's talk more about rubbish in this week's snack break. Snack corner. Well, this week, this would be where I put the mochi ice cream desserts. If I had some. <laughs> God damn it, John. <laughs> Sorry. I like that meme way what too much. What mochi ice cream desserts are you talking about? <laughs> well, this is something that's not in Japan, actually. Well, it is. But this is something in the U of the K. It's in the UK. This one? The one I'm in right now? Indeed. Oh. <laughs> however, un- to me. however unstable it might seem. Uh, so this Seem, is some you say. <laughs> so this is something. Uh, so Japanese mochi ice cream is something that we've actually I've eaten before on snack break. So I didn't feel too inclined uh, to go and to go and grab some. But essentially, this is ice cream that is then wrapped in mochi. So wrapped in a glutinous kind of rice cake that's just a mixer of rice flour and sugar. And so it's mm. generally it's just it's a nice container for ice cream and so they've been this mochi ice cream has been popular ever has been popular in japan ever since around 1981 uh with the start of yukimi daifuku which literally means snow viewing dumplings daifuku is stuffed mochi mochi is just the cake daifuku is when you put something in it Hmm. and so now there is a brand called little moons Yes, little as in small moons that are are going apoplectic. Yes, apoplectic on TikTok and Twitter in the UK. John, I don't know fancy words. What are you talking about? Well, essentially, uh, two siblings, Howard and Vivian Wong, started Little Moons in the UK back in 2010. And they wanted to bring Japanese mochi to the masses, says this article. And now, over 10 years later, apparently the sales have gone through the roof after TikTok users began raving about them. And apparently supermarkets have been unable to keep up with demand. So there are multiple TikTok videos of people, like, trying to get hold of them. Like, going to Lidl's and different places trying to find these little moons. (laughs) I mean... I'm not one to to mark children or entertainment in general, but is this, is this what we're doing? Is this is this what entertainment is today? Vicarious shopping for mochi. Well, this is the thing. It's new. It's exciting. They're also bite sized That's the thing. They're little moons, so you can just you can have like one or two. And the big thing about them, which is similar to the similar to Japan, but not really. What they've done is they've advertised them. They're all different flavors. So you've different flavored mm. ice creams inside like different flavored mochi themselves. So you have passion fruit and mango with mango ice cream inside passion fruit mochi. Mm. And you can buy this. So you have chocolate, passion fruit, pistachio and cookie dough. And there are also gluten free and vegan options. Nice. So this is the thing. These are really cool. If you can find, like, some of them, I really recommend it. Apparently, there's been a 700% increase in January sales at supermarkets compared to the December. (laughs) And apparently, they built a new mochi-making factory last year in response to growing demand in the UK. Uh, So what this is telling me is I should start learning how to make mochi. (laughs) That'll be that'll be our first merch option is Geeks and Guys in Brands. 
Marchy. <laughs> it just costs. It just costs. It's so much. No, it's free, but the shipping is insane. <laughs> they all, that's how they get you. It's with the shipping. Yeah. So if you want to buy them, they're about four pound fifty for a box, which is just a little bit more than six dollars, which is pretty expensive. But they're obviously they're a luxury weird ice cream product. So like, why not? Why not? It's you get your own snack break in Japan. Uh, but the thing is, I don't get that. I get whatever this is. <laughs> whatever this is being. You can find a picture of it on the Gaijin John Instagram. But Thomas sent me a message a couple of whiles ago about Japanese pizza. Now, I'm generally... Did on I know? Indeed. And the thing that Japan loves to have on its pizza is things like corn. And, like, and broccoli and weird stuff like that. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, I've had, I haven't really gone out for pizza in Japan, mostly because I can think of better things to eat whilst in Japan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm in Japan. What do I feel like getting? Oh, I know, pizza. <laughs> this is not for lack of trying. There are multiple pizza restaurants like around me, places that do Italian food. It's weird. Also, none of it's very good. I'm sorry, Japan. Um, <laughs> and this is not an exception because this is a... A pizza bread from a local store. This is noni, noni pan. So it's like a little like pizza bread thing. And this is, so there's one thing I want to say. There's one ingredient that I haven't said Japan loves to put on its pizza and therefore by extent pizza bread. Uh, you might be able to guess by the name of this item, which is pote salad sando pizza pan. Which translates to potato salad sandwich pizza bread. Huh. That, yes. I, I, I don't know what I expected. But it Thomas, was a potato salad. Thomas, do you want to um, do you want to describe what is like on top of the pizza bread? Because it's just like a normal um, circle of pizza bread. I mean, yeah, it, it's got the sort of uh, looks like a red sauce is at the base uh, and. Uh, like a sort of a sort of white sauce on top of that. It uh, looks a uh, like some sort of like squeezy cheese or I don't know, like a mayonnaise or something like that. It's well, it's not easy to tell. That ain't cheese. You got it, it, it right. Isn't cheese. It's mayonnaise. It, it it's mayonnaise. Yes. They put they put mayonnaise on pizza. On top of the pizza, yes. So it's not just something you dip your crusts in. Japan loves mayonnaise on top of the pizza. And because this is... And love mayonnaise so much that this thing is a sandwich. Indeed, it is full of mayonnaise. <laughs> is pizza bread filled with mayonnaise? Uh, well, if it, it's got mayonnaise on top, John. It's mayonnaise filled with bread. <laughs> now, now, Japan... Japanese mayonnaise is a bit different to US mayonnaise. It has... It's a different vinegar, so it's 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 not as sweet. Um, it's nice. I like Japanese mayonnaise. Uh, I also did try last year when uh, one company brought out a mayonnaise ice cream. Was, <laughs> oh, God. No. Which, no, John. Which, it wasn't as terrible as it imagines i do i did feel sick afterwards but whilst <laughs> eating it it wasn't that unpleasant it was like a rich it was like a very rich kind of salty salty and sweet ice cream 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So, shall I get into this pizza bread then? <laughs> Please do. I, I'm not sure I'm enjoying this adventure through Japan's so, mayonnaise cul- culinary. Oh, they love mayonnaise so much. Um, so, yeah. Here we go. This is cold because I've had it in the fridge. You would have it room temperature, but I didn't want to die because it's full of mayonnaise. <laughs> Eat the taki It's filled with potato salad. That is what it says on the on the packaging. Potato salad. Like I am getting like some bits of onion. I'm like the top. You almost like the mayonnaise has almost hardened into like the string of cheese. But then there's like there's also the mayonnaise inside. Mm-hmm. The mayonnaise is also almost sweet as well. That's what I was saying. It's it's weird like you don't get any of the cheese i'm i'm getting a hint of tomato maybe a little bit that was once onion but that's it's just this is <laughs> what was once onion this is a thing this is and they were right this is a mayonnaise delivery service <laughs> i believe the dutch call those chips <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like there'd have to be a fight between the Dutch and Japan over who loves mayonnaise more. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, this is just like there's not even that much mayonnaise, but there is just there's like little lumps of potato in here as well. Why are you trying to trick us into saying, "Oh, you don't just eat mayonnaise. It's got potato in it as well." No, this is a mayonnaise sandwich. That's what this is. <laughs> Mm. I mean, you're still eating it, so it can't be that bad. I haven't had dinner. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you like mayonnaise, um, (laughs) it's fine. But I recommend uh, go if you have a choice. uh, Grab something else from like the quick lunch like tray rather than something that you think oh it's like a slice of pizza bread and it turns out being a mayonnaise sandwich (laughs) I give it an eggs Uh... out of ten (laughs) I don't know why I found that funny but now it's time for more Olympic rubbish. It's the whatever the rest is happening in this podcast corner. Way. We won't take too long because there's not much happening other than Japan being Japan. Um, just a quick update, though. The go-to travel campaign to remain suspended. Notably not cancelled. <laughs> but it's not suspended. <laughs> Um, because the coronavirus state of emergency is set to lift on March 7th. Um, already a bunch of prefectures had lifted theirs early. Though there are still, like, writing cases in Japan, but they're starting to vaccinate. It's starting to, oh, it's okay. But, yeah. So the subsidy program was suspended on the 28th of December. Uh, and it's not come back yet. He says yet. Yet. Tune in next week to find out more. So... The main issue is mm-hmm. Golden Week is on April 29th. 
Oh no, I forgot about Golden Week. Yeah, that is it's like really Golden Week again already. <laughs> well, it is. It is in two. It is in two. It is in about two months. It's at the end of April. Um, right. And so the thing is, when it get when that's the time, we really have to worry about Japanese people traveling all over the country. Yeah. Um, so hopefully, people have got into like all the vaccinations and stuff and just stay home for one more time but it's it's getting hard especially with japan keeping on saying uh the olympics are going ahead the olympics are definitely going ahead thomas <laughs> i mean Despite... they better be because apparently they're they're still gearing everything up for people to come over so yeah despite the fact that japan's vaccination chief has said that tokyo olympics they're not in his planning because if you don't think about something it won't happen <laughs> either he knows something the rest of us don't or he is being ridiculously overconfident about what's going on this is minister taro kono or kono taro whichever one whichever one annoys him most um, and he is the minister in charge of vaccinations. Uh, and he has said that the Summer Olympics, due to start in July, were not on my schedule at all when he talked about the schedule of vaccinating all of Japan. <sighs> Seems like a, a small oversight. Sir? Um, sir, did you hear the question? <laughs> would, you, would you like to rephrase? Um... <laughs> Did you say the quiet part loud? <laughs> uh, yep. I mean, if your plan is to get everyone in the country vaccinated before the Olympics would even factor in in the first place, then maybe you had an excuse. But um, something tells me with how late Japan started vaccinations... Not necessarily for their own fault. That's not happening. It's not happening. It's not getting done. They're only probably starting with everyone, like everyone. And by everyone, I mean the elderly, which is a good quarter of Japan's population. That's only really mm. starting in in April, like two months before the Olympics starting. Oh, God. Yeah. So, yeah. Though, good news for athletes? Uh, because they will not be required the two-week isolation period for coming to Japan. So they are being allowed to come. They are currently basically being an open border for athletes, but they kind of, they have to stay um, in the, they have to stay around their training areas and in their hotel. It, mm, I'm not sure how, especially if we factor in the fact that the Olympics aren't being involved in the vaccination program if you on top of that go yeah you could just come into the country as long as you promise not to leave this the campus for the athletes coming from other countries then you're inviting some trouble yeah, and and this is this is awkward as well because of one we don't know whether this is happening this is a um this is a rumor uh well this is not uh officially endorsed this is not like officially endorsed uh, but uh, the main uh, one of the main issues is is that uh, not everyone in Japan, not all the countries in Japan will share the same uh, will share the same training areas. 
like the training areas for separate countries are spread all over the country so you can't even like isolate the athletes together in there like for example the Jamaican the Jamaican team uh, the Jamaican athletics team uh, practices here in Tottery like that's where their Asian base is set up they practice here when they have competitions in like South Korea or um, other points in East Asia so if you have yeah. all these countries ready to come for the Olympics they are gonna like they are gonna be going all over Japan so maybe they have to stay isolated but what about the people who cook their foods what about the people who clean their rooms it, it, yeah it's it's a mess and I really hmm. hope they've put more thought into it than a 23-year-old from the UK. But somehow, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, even if they have somehow put more thought into it, which is, you know, we can't really tell at this point from the results we're seeing, I, I would assume that they would still come to a bad conclusion even if they put more thought into it. Yeah, one more thing that people are having a bad conclusion about, though, is the fact that the continuous people of Japanese lawmakers uh, want to say, no, you're not allowed to have separate names and be married. How dare you? How dare you even try? <laughs> yeah, this is almost like, like a... It seems like a strange thing, because it's, like... That's something that we don't even really think is a big deal in the UK anymore. Like, you'll notice it, but it's not out of the ordinary anymore. No, so this is like a rapid... This is but this is part of our rapid Japan mm, kind of section. Uh, <laughs> basically, in Japan, if you get married, it is legally required that you and your partner have the same name. Like, the same family name. You're not just both called Jim. That would be weird. <laughs> but if... <laughs> Hello, my name is Jim Tanaka, and this is my <laughs> this is my wife, Jim Kobayashi. <laughs> yes. So no, the family names have to be the same. However, it can be the women's name. The man can take the women's name. This happens occasionally, especially when, especially when like in richer families, when people only have daughters. Uh, mm. So a man will marry in and take his father-in-law's name. And that's usually kind of also a bit weird because it's almost like a businessy thing as well as like continuing the family business. Mm. Yeah. Um, but no, so, but this is the thing. Legally, your name changes upon getting married and usually default to the man's name. So if you are a woman, you cannot keep your own name. It'd be separate. So, and people have been asking to change this because what people do do currently is people will say use their will will use their married name their official name on government documents and just use their maiden name or the name they're well known with elsewhere um but it's still not their official name people are trying to get the government to like go just let people have different like different names and be married the main issue also then comes is when you have a mixed race couple when you have someone who's japanese and english say if i married someone a Japanese a Japanese woman, then she would basically, by law, she'd be forced to have um, 
an, Eng an English surname unless we changed it so that I changed my surname officially in Japan to having a Japanese surname and take her surname. But then what happens then with your kids? Because then if they're joint, if they're joint citizens when they're children with the UK and Japan is then it, it tends to be, it seems that in Japan, people use the mother's name or the Japanese partner's name. And then in the other countries, they use the foreign country partner's name so children essentially are then born with like two actual legal names one that's recognized one place and one that's recognized the other and it just seems so obtuse does seem unnecessarily complicated yes this is a law from the constitution first written in the early like 20th century this is not a recent thing Mm. So part of the group who are supporting this is Tamayo Marukawa, who is the woman who took over as minister in charge of women's empowerment and gender equality. She is support. <laughs> she is the one supporting, not not allowing people to change names. Hmm. Yes, though she said it is just she's just doing that as a personal opinion. It's not. It's not part of a, a job as as being the top person in the country in charge of it. What? Wait. What? It's not her job as the leader of uh, whatever gender equality thing it was you mentioned. What was it again? Um, so she is the minister in charge of women's empowerment and gender equality. So it's not her job to. Re she claims that in that position, it's not her job to like care about what other people want to happen it's just like eh, her personal thing she's just like eh, this is how i feel about it i'm not i've not been elected to care about what the citizens of japan want well no so this is this is what she said so 50 50 of the leading party members uh from both houses of parliament asked in a letter that members reject local assemblies, rejecting like the local governments, a written opinion in favour of a policy change allowing different surnames. Um, and so lawmakers in their written request argue that separate surnames could result in collapse of the social system. Oh, God. Shut up about the social system for once in your life. It's political correctness gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man let let me tell you japan so <laughs> about the rest of the world <laughs> so when marikawa when the minister was asked about this like her supporting this letter uh, uh supporting being anti this it's confusing language uh marikawa said it is my duty to push for further discussions in parliament and yeah, um, conservatives who say they cherish traditional values are adamantly opposed to separate surnames and argue the move may have an impact on family unity as well as children. I'm sorry, like people can have. Won't someone please think of the children, John? So Marikawa is also the new Olympics minister. She took over after Seiko Hashimoto became head of the Tokyo Olympics Committee. Um, so this woman is, is more power and more in charge. Uh, however, um, in her first press conference last week after becoming Olympics minister, she said, unfortunately, it's become clear that Japan is only halfway in efforts to achieving gender equality. And apparently she wants it to stay that way. 
Ah, uh, yes, because we all know that the point of being minister of any set of the government is to make sure that things are exactly equally balanced between progress and stagnation. And the this point was... is for it to never move from that point. It's always to be half finished. This is the thing that this was never even officially going to like start happening. What started this was that the government approved a basic gender equality promotion policy in December, but did not include a commitment to allowing the use of different surnames for married couples. However, the draft policy had included wording positive about separate surnames. Oh my God. Ultimately, such language was dropped due to opposition due to opposition from conservative lawmakers. So it's it's even the potential of people who are married having different last names. But that had to be completely and utterly quashed because of the social system, John. Because it might deteriorate Japan Japan's glorious social system, which has no flaws. <laughs> I'm sorry, Japan, if your social system is, like, at risk of collapse because of separate surnames, um, that is Which not... Which it isn't, a... let's be honest, it yeah. isn't. It isn't, but also, that is not a strong social system. Like, why are you so proud why of protecting it? Want... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's the constant contradiction of the, the system in place always being perfect and resilient and exactly how it should be but always just teetering on the edge of complete destruction at the slightest provocation and of course it's the oldest trick in the book and of course as this podcast has always been on the bridge of imminent destruction and that includes the end of the show so we have been, thank you for listening, everyone. We have been Geeks and Gaijins this week in Japan. You can, of course, find us on Twitter and Facebook and Podbean and Spotify and iTunes and generally other places where you can consume podcasted material. Uh, consume. Are, consume. Uh, if we are not on a place and you would like us to be, please email us at geeksandgaijins at gmail.com. You can also find all my pictures on the Instagram at thegaijinjohn or on Twitter also at johncombi, thegaijinjohn. And generally, you can also talk to Thomas if you want on Twitter. We also have a YouTube as well with the podcast and also lots of Tom's lovely, lovely video essays, which he talks about anime. Hello. It's very, very fun. We also do occasionally stream when the blue moon strikes thrice. In the Cockrell's core. Uh, yes, we're trying to get through Danganronpa. We, we keep on saying that. One day it will happen. Honestly, we were honestly going to do it this weekend, last weekend, yep. and then my computer blue screened. So, yep. uh, sorry about that, guys. Blame Thomas. I'm trying to fix it. Or better, give Thomas money. <laughs> <laughs> take it. I'm in a position to refuse. And we're in no position to refuse you, so please give us uh, nice reviews on the iTunes store. If you do, we will read them out, promise, even if they're horrible. As long as, as, long as they're five stars. As long as they're five stars. <laughs> like, you could be the most scathing review imaginable, but if it's five stars, we'll read it on air. As, lo as, as long as there's, well, we'll beep the swears. I think you just promised that we could be bribed with exposure, John. Did you assume we wouldn't be? 
Oh, uh, we're a disgrace. Carry on. And as a disgrace, we will see you next week in Japan. <laughs>